genre. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie, The Fellowship of the Ring, one minute at a time. And I have a good one for this minute. I'm Norman Mitchell. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And today we're going to be talking about minute 125, which begins with the tunnel continuing to collapse at the entrance of Moria and ends with Frodo kind of surveying what's around him. And he looks not too happy. Uh, he just, it's kind of neutral. A neutral face, just checking out what's going on. Uh, I like the concerned look on everyone's face as they first realize they have to walk through Moria. Mm-hmm. Uh, Legolas is hugging his bow for safety. <laughs> well, also, they're coming off of this giant thing attacking them all. Right. But Legolas so is, I... like, hugging his bow? Why isn't it, like, at the ready? He's, like, clutching it. It's his safety, safety blanket. blanket. Yeah. It's his teddy bear. Boah. Like, you're coming off the adrenaline high of fighting a giant squid, and now you have to walk four days in the dark. Yep. And we must now face the long dark of Moria. Yeah. I don't know. I'd be scared. Quietly now. It's a four day journey. Yeah, man. Four days. Through these windy bridges with no rails. Yeah. There's no safety measures in dwarven mines. They must not have been unionized. Frodo is, like, dripping wet. So is Aragorn. Like, there's no time or place to change your clothes. You're going to walk with wet, stinky leather (laughs) in the dark for four (laughs) days straight with no fires. And the the only the only source of light for now is Gandalf's and Gandalf's staff, staff, which is and the, the torch, f- and the torch. But where did the tor- we don't see the torch get lit? I don't know where did the torch it's, come from. It's uh, Aragorn carrying it, right? Yes. Yeah. And if you look, r- there's a really quick moment when the doors of Durin first open, when everyone walks inside before the Watchers revealed. Yeah. You can see the torch flickering inside, and I think that that might just be like. That was for like a lighting thing or whatever, but there's like a flickering light inside. Is there? Yeah, it's it's in the background. It's it's just kind of there. There's a little light. And then here we see the torch. And it's just like, where did the torch come from? What? Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Are you making this up? I'm not making it up. You can like see a torch inside Moria. Oh, because I thought it was like dark because they go inside and it's Well, I'm black. assuming that it's supposed to be like one of them holding it. Huh. Like. It's after they all kind of start to enter. They don't have a torch. Nope, they don't have a torch. And then, like, I don't understand where the fire comes from. Where did the torch come from? There is no torch in this scene. There will be. Okay. And so they go inside, and where did the, just, like, ever, ever burning torch? Like, (laughs) Right there. That's Gandalf's staff. Oh, it looks flickery because of the water. Yeah. But you can see, so you see Gandalf's staff from the outside. Yeah, that's Gandalf's staff. But my point still stands. Where does Aragorn get a torch? 
I don't know. Because there definitely here. is a torch when they walk inside. Also, the angle for that to be Gandalf's light doesn't make any sense. I just, like... Unless, like, the shot immediately after this is, af like, not when, like, it's not a continuous shot. Like, right, it's not a continuous shot. Okay. But the dwarf, the, the, the torch just appears, like, they just suddenly have one. They just have a torch. They just have a torch. Yeah. Um, they talk about the torch a little bit in the commentary, where they're just like, part of the reason the torch is even there is so that the lighting they're using in the scenes makes sense. <laughs> So that there's two sources of light. Right. Uh, because they keep track of that. That's funny. Because they have to. It needs to, yeah. like, matter. Because the way that this reads to me is the way that they set up the um, the shot, it feels like it's coming off immediately, them climbing up the stairs. Right. But there's no way because this is, like, all yoon stone, not worked stone. This is all just, like, yoon out for you to, like use walk and walk through yeah. whereas the stairs are like actual worked carved stone right so like the way that i've always kind of read this scene when they say that it's a four-day journey is this is, is day every time there's a cut it's the next day oh okay so like this is the beginning so the beginning of day one in moria was the entrance the beginning of day two in moria is when we see them coming at us on this bridge with the torch yeah it's like the beginning of day two and then when they get to, like, the three-way split is, like, the end of day three or most of day three. Uh-huh. And then, because they camp there in the books. Right. And they camp in various places in the books because it's a four-day journey. Right. So the way I've always kind of imagined this is that everywhere Each there's a cut, cut is a day. Is a day. That makes sense. Because I think part of the reason why I'm having so much trouble figuring out a timeline for this movie is... The shots are like come one right after the other, yeah. and there's no like yeah. establishing what what day it is. Yeah, there's no. They're presented in in a way that makes it feel like one continuous scene. Right. Yeah. Um, like because we don't see them like picking up camp in Moria. Right, and you don't need to because it's boring. But at the same time, for like purposes of analyzing, yeah, that makes sense though. Each cut represents a day. Yeah. There you go. That's probably what they're going for. Yeah. I imagine. Because Moria has never felt like four days to me. No, but it is. And I understand why, because that would be horrible pacing-wise. Right? Do we need to slow this down movie? This, slow this down movie. Slow this movie down again? No. <laughs> Do we need to bring it right back to the pace of the Shire? <laughs> Rain it in a little bit? But... Okay. We're moving too fast. Yeah, where does the torch come from, though? Like, do they he, just pick one up off he must, of a dead body and yeah. then just light it on fire? Yeah, be, I mean, it's all going to be very dry. It probably lights easy. That's true. But that's dangerous as well. I know. Just lighting a fire underground is actually really dangerous. <laughs> because you don't know what might be in the air. Mm -hmm. And this is a mine, so right. they could have opened up all kinds of things. And if dwarves can see in the dark, they don't need torches. So I've always assumed that Tolkienian dwarves actually can't really see in the dark. But Legolas can sure as hell can. True. He can at least see really well in the dark, if not, like, perfect. Because, you know, in uh, I think it's in Two Towers, he's, like, staring off in the distance at night and he's talking about stuff he can see. Yeah. 
like, you know, miles away under starlight. <laughs> so. Yeah, but that's still starlight. There's no light in a mine. Yeah. Unless you have, like, phospholuminescent, like, Fungus. algae or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's what the Watcher eats. Algae? Algae. Like Just, a blue whale? Yeah. But a blue whale has a whole ocean. Yeah, it grows really fast. The algae grows really fast. He doesn't eat it all. He he conserves his food source. <laughs> he eats just enough. He leaves the well, edges he okay. hibernating? Maybe. And then he was like, oh, snack time. It's like, oh. <laughs> he hadn't eaten in, in decades, so his metabolism slowed down. He went to sleep. And then some stupid hobbit dropped a rock on him. Yeah. And then he's like, what's all this then? What's all this? Oh, little things. Yeah. Little people. I should eat these. <laughs> It's snack time, and then I'll go back to bed for another thousand years. Oh my god! There's That's the, the dream. only way. That's, That's the, the only way. That's the only way that makes sense. If it's hibernating, then he returned to. He dreams of a better, bigger pond. He's like, ah, I'm now too big to leave my pond. That's so I'm sad. I'm stuck here forever. I really like all these bridges in Moria. They look cool. Yeah. All the all the cars. Very very dangerous. Uh, yes, I would never. I wouldn't be caught dead walking around in here. Oh no. If this is like a real place you go and explore and everyone's just and like it was known that it was safe, there's no nothing creepy or scary down here, I still would be like, I'm good. Guardrails, man. Yeah. I mean I've been on some trails that are pretty dangerous that don't have guardrails and it's mm -hmm. it's always freaky to like look look to the left of you and be like, Oh, I would fall down a mountain if I tripped right now. Yep. Well, <laughs> let's not like that happen. <laughs> so this is a miniature too. Oh, with the bridge. And with, like, the bridges and stuff. This is also a miniature, yeah. and they just kind of digitally put them Not, out. like, the bridge, but... Uh, also, Sean Bean wasn't here for a lot of the uh, the walking stuff for Moria, so he's just kind of, like, put back in, or they use a double from distance. Uh-huh. So Sean Bean wasn't here for a lot of this, because Sean Bean was filming other movies at the same time this was going on. Oh. So he was, he was in and out of filming a, a bit, I guess. That makes sense. Yeah. He's a busy guy. He's one of the bigger names... Like, one of the bigger pre-established names that was in this movie when it came out. Mm. Not as big as, like, Ian McKellen or Christopher Lee. Right, but like right. He was in the, like, in the middle of a popular part of his movie career, so. Legit. You know. Do what you gotta do to get your projects done, right? Mm hmm Including not climbing, or, like, not flying in a helicopter. <laughs> Hiking up mountains in full costume. <laughs> That's still, I I mean, I'm sure this is not the last time it's going to come up because I brought it up. I've already brought it up on this podcast before, but I still just think that's the funniest thing about shopping. He's so stubborn. He's like, I am not flying in that whirly contraption. I'm going to hike up a mountain like a real man. <laughs> it's like, mm, I do not think that helicopters are safe. I'll be using my feet. <laughs> All right. I'll see you guys up there at 6 a.m. Oh, God. But you have to get kind of makeup and get your costume on for like, an hour, Sean. What are you going to do? He's like, oh, I'll get up earlier than you and I'll hike. Oh, my God. It's like, really? That's one way to yes. wake up in the morning. Just hike two hours up How a mountain. How tired must he have been by the end of days when he had to do, when he did stuff like that? How did he get through the day? You've got to do what you got to do. caffeine. I guess. Got to keep the energy. <laughs> Man. Mystery torch. Mystery torch. Where the heck did it come? Just came off some dwarven body. That's horrifying. What if it was in like one of those sconces? Yeah, and he just like takes it off the wall, like yeah. that that fantasy trope. But then what if it's like a booby trap? Right. 
like well, that other maybe that's what, we just don't see that like you know <laughs> Boromir's just like I can't stand it we only have one light source and he like goes to pull a torch out the wall and then a trap door opens and the hobbits almost fall in and then Aww. everyone's like all upset and then Boromir's like well at least we have more light <laughs> we're fine is anybody dead no okay sorry guys I have a torch now <laughs> so bad. the light from Gandalf's staff is some people might think it's kind of a hokey effect because it looks like it really isn't there. Yeah. But I actually kind of like it because I think the fact that it's such a fuzzy light adds to the idea that it's magic. Mm -hmm. It's not like a, it's not a physical light source. It's magically created light. Yeah. So I actually have always kind of liked the kind of fuzzy nature of that effect. I like that he has to manually like put in the crystal, tap his staff. And then he like blows on it. Yeah. You have to, like, tend to the flame of whatever magic. Yeah, man. Remember, he's he's wielder of the secret flame. That's true. Maybe that's the secret flame. Yeah, man. That weird little quartz crystal. little crystal. <laughs> it's the secret flame. Yeah, man. Flame of Arnor. Yeah. Does he, like, channel it through his body? He must. And the staff's like a conduit? I mean, he also has the ring of fire. True. Okay. Maybe the torch... Maybe he just... Like, went off on a trip real quick, and then, like, he disappeared, grabbed Here a go. stick, lit it on fire, and then they're like, Gandalf, how did you do that? And he's just, like, taps his nose, and then, like... <laughs> like a very Tom Baker, like, hmm, yeah. how did I do that? I don't know, man. I don't know, yeah, the torch just comes out of nowhere. And then it's just here for, like, the rest of Moria. Yeah. Up until um, they have a cave troll. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember if they have the torch at all after that. I don't think they do. Well, because Aragorn. I think after Aragorn throws it on the ground, there's no more torch. But I always feel like they have a torch during the bridge scene. You can't. You can't pick up a torch in the middle of a battle. Why not? It's a fine weapon, as Aragorn proved earlier <laughs> in this film. <laughs> That's true. Back, back, back! I say. Just. Wax a goblin on the head with a torch. I don't think they would need a torch for the rest of Moria because their nemesis is literally on fire. Well, you know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the battle frog. all the light you need comes off that giant creepy thing that's following you. Right, but then what about beyond that? Like, to the Bridge of Khazadum, is it right at the end? It must be. Or did they spend another day traipsing around there without Gandalf? Well, it says fly, you fools. And then they, yeah. well, we're, then they're getting, outside. we're getting really ahead of ourselves. Yeah, I'm man. really excited to talk about the action scene in Moria. Yeah, Moria is basically one long action scene. Yeah. Well, it's uh, the long dark. The long dark. After a certain Moria. point, it's one, one long action sequence. Yeah. About, uh, about seven minutes from now. We'll get there. Begins the one long action scene. I'm excited. These yeah. are a little short, but there's not a whole lot going on outside of the Watcher. No, there's not. Our, uh, our Squiddy. Oh, well. Our Squid Friend. Squid Friend. He will be missed. I don't have any other notes, do you? Uh, no. I don't. I just find it interesting that all those caves are, uh, the little tunnels. Miniatures? Miniatures. Because it's, it's a, it's a strangely kind of pretty shot. I've mm -hmm. always liked cavern stuff. Like... I don't know. Oh, they're cool. Have you ever been in a big cave? Yeah. Yeah, they're rad. Yeah, man. 
The underground is pretty rad. There's something otherworldly about going into a cave. They're going down to Fraggle Rock. (laughs) Maybe that's why. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, man, that's what the Watcher eats. Fraggles, no! (gasps) How dare you? First you bring up Homeward Bound at the beginning of the week, and now you're telling me that the Watcher in the Water eats Fraggles? Yeah, man. Oh. Fraggles. No. How else could you explain his continued existence? (laughs) (laughs) What does the Watcher... If anyone knows what the Watcher eats, if that's mentioned anywhere... Hobbits, clearly. Hobbits, clearly. (laughs) Clearly, whatever he can get. (laughs) Dwarves. Any animals that come near the entrance of Moria... There's just there's just no feasible way for a giant squid of that size to live in that pool if it eats meat. <laughs> also, how did it get that big? It, the, it's almost it's like half the size of the pond it's in. I know. It is a mystery. How deep is this pond? It can't be that deep because I, it's I a think flooded it goes road. To the center of the earth. But there no. is no center of the earth because the earth is flat. Oh my god. <laughs> it's also, it's a flooded road. I don't know, man. Like? I don't know. There's so many questions. Moria causes questions. Shh, don't question it. It's fine. <laughs> we just spent the last week questioning No, I know. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. So, once again, you can find us and the rest of the Dueling Genre family on DuelingGenre.com. And if you want to branch out your Movies by Minutes uh, playbook, you can find all of them on moviesbyminutes.com. Well, most of them. There's probably a few that haven't wound up on there yet. Um, They do a really good job of updating. Um, and there's a bunch more that have been announced slash are in the works. So check that periodically. If you like a movie and you want to listen to people talk about it minute by minute, it's probably either being made right now or will be soon. Unless you want to hear some, like, obscure movie or something like that. I don't know, like... I mean, The Burbs has been done. A Talking Cat is pretty obscure. A Talking so. Cat's pretty obsc- <laughs> obscure. Airport's fairly obscure. Yeah. They just but, finished uh, that, so you can binge it. Yeah, you can binge all of Airport Minute. If you like disaster movies set in the 70s. That are not serious at all. <laughs> anyway... As always, a special thanks to our Patreon associate producers, Leaper182 and Ed Foster. And I hope everybody has a great weekend. Bye. Bye.